What's up, bro? Welcome. It's Podcast Tuesday, as you know. Uh, and if you know anything, I bleed sports. As you know, I am the host, Brandon Janu. And like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere, Brandon Janu Show. Um, social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, Brandon Janu Show. And of course, YouTube channel, Brandon Janu Show, man. I hope you guys enjoy the new episodes that I put out this week. Starting a whole new week today. Uh, with this episode, so let's get into it. Like I said, I believe sports is the episode tonight, man. So much stuff went down in football, man. Uh, playoffs has officially kicked in. A couple of coaching changes here and there, firings everywhere we go. <sighs> so let's get into it, man. Um, but I'm gonna start it off with some basketball, man. So last week. <laughs> last week, um, there was tons, and I mean tons, of pretty much the top 10 of the college basketball AP poll pretty much lost. Number one, Purdue. Number two, Houston. Number three, Kansas. Uh, UConn didn't lose, I think. Who was five? I think Tennessee is six somewhere. But it was a, it's pretty much like eight of the 10 lost. The only two teams that did not lose was UConn and North Carolina. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it goes into what I've been saying about college basketball for the last couple of uh, times I've talked about it, is that college basketball is starting to become very, um, very um, similar. You know, none of these teams are truly um, – None of these teams are truly the top team in college basketball. I know Purdue has been for the last couple of years, but Purdue has still just not lived up to it. And I remember when I was young, when Virginia, you know, was the team. Virginia used to be in the number one polls. It'd be number one a lot, and then they get into the tournament, and then they get bounced in the tournament. You're like, God damn, like, what the fuck was the point? <laughs> what the fuck was the point? Me personally, man, I, I'm a I'm a North Carolina guy. I, I'm a North Carolina Tow Hill guy. Um, like I said, we didn't lose last week, so I expect us to move up the polls at some point. Um, maybe we end up number two. I don't know. We got a couple losses on the ledger, but I do think that uh, for the team that we have become and the team that we have and the ability that we have is 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 really good. UConn is always a threat because it's UConn. I mean. They get hot at any moment, any time. It, it's it's going to be a bad situation uh, for anyone. But uh, the teams that lost, you know, Kansas and the Purdue's and the, you know, all of them, I expect uh, bounce back weeks. But as we're now getting closer and closer to possibly to playing more now, they're now officially, I think, into conference play. I can easily see a lot of these teams taking massive L's. And speaking of just college basketball, you know, LSU women lost to uh, – who they lost to? Uh, Auburn Saturday – Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Lost to Auburn. And, you know, UCLA, who – you know, was what the number two team in the polls lost to USC, who started to become 
a fucking juggernaut out there, USC, man. Them women, them women, the USC women Trojans basketball team, they different with it. Uh, the the, the uh, freshman, a uh, Juju uh, Wilkins, she killing it, man. Shout out to Brian, uh, Bronny, LeBron James' son, who was playing for the USC Trojan men. Um, but yeah, college basketball is such an interesting situation, interesting dynamic. I love to see, like I said, the women starting to kind of get more and more spotlight, more and more shine. Um, I wish LSU was a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, they were dominant, and then they just went into Auburn and lost. So a team that literally hadn't won an SEC game, like it was, it was bad. So to have them lose was just was ridiculous. But anyway. Let's get to the to the not a NBA man. The NBA is crazy, man. The NBA is so nuts, and I want to talk about this, man. So everybody knows. If you don't know, Go to State is one of my favorite teams. Uh, been a fan of Go to State since the We Believe team. I'm talking about Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, uh, Monte Ellis. Yeah, that go to state team. I've been a fan of those dudes since then. And then when they got Steph Curry, I was even more of a fan. I'm like, man, because Steph Curry was one of my favorite college players when he went to Davidson. He was one of my favorite players then. So when they got him in in, in Golden State, I was like, man, that's a different type of energy. And then when they started to win, it was like, yeah. But Golden State right now is in, in, in this report came out today, today which was um, Golden State is in the process of possibly being very open to trading everyone on the roster except Steph Curry. And I say to that, do it. Do it. Do it. It's to the point now where I don't think that Golden State as a as an actual team can turn it around out of this. You don't know when Draymond Green is going to get suspended again. Klay Thompson, when he went on a little hot run, he's now come back to earth and done exactly nothing. And it's getting to the point now where go to stay where it's like, you're, you might have no choice but to but to, to, to trade these pieces. You know, um, Draymond Green is one thing. Klay Thompson is a whole nother conversation. That is literally Steph Curry's, you know, brother in arms. So for go to state to say we'll move off of him too is pretty interesting. Steph Curry is the only piece in go to state that you would even be willing to keep. And to me, that is a massive thing to say because I do think it's time to move on from from Draymond Green. And Clay Thompson. Now, I'm not one of these people out here that's like, you should have just kept Jordan Poole. No, you should have got rid of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was a terrible fit for that team. He didn't make sense to fit that team. Last year, the the energy was completely off with the kid. The fact of the matter is, he was never going to make sense with that team, even if you would have traded Draymond Green. That team was just not going to fit him. It was too many bad things. You don't get punched in the face and say, I want to still be with this franchise. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, who the fuck wants that? Like, you want to be a part of a franchise that let a nigga punch you in your face? 
like with no questions asked. And then on top of that, the nigga, what did, did he get suspended? I forgot if Draymond got suspended. I don't even remember Draymond getting re- suspended last year. Maybe he did. I don't fucking remember. But there was no way in hell they were gonna keep Jordan Poole after this season. There was no way after last season. They were they were gonna trade him. They were gonna trade him. And and anybody that sits there and says literally says that, ah nah, I would have I would have kept Dray- I would have kept Jordan Poole over Draymond. You smoking pounds. Like you know the fuck I wouldn't have. He's young, he's immature, he doesn't fit the team. And you're trying to build chemistry, not trying to make a young motherfucker think they're bigger than the team. No, 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 no. You should have traded him. You should have let him go. And that's a good thing. But yes, trade Draymond Green. <laughs> trade Draymond, trade Clay, trade all of them, man. And if I was, you know, you know, uh, you go to state, I will be definitely thinking about moving them dudes because there's no way in hell I'm going to sit up here and say, I'm going to keep you. And there's a lot of teams that would love to have a Clay Thompson. There's a lot of teams that probably would, well, I don't know if they would trade to get Draymond Green, but there's some teams that probably would need a Draymond Green on their team. And I think that uh, Draymond will fit a lot of teams if they're willing to deal with him, and that's the key point. He got to go to a franchise where they are not going to tolerate that shit. So like San Antonio or like a built-in culture where they already have something. Sacramento and, you know, somewhere like that. Like he's got to go to an actual franchise that has something already built in. Because if he goes to a team that's young, they don't know what to do, and they're not winning. And I know people sit there and say San Antonio ain't winning. San Antonio ain't good. But the difference between San Antonio is just as long as you got Greg Popovich, you can figure shit out. And that's the thing. Um, when it comes to the situation right now, we'll go to state. I would, like I said, I would trade everybody, man. I would get to the point where it's like, I'm just keeping stuff. <laughs> and, it's, and, and, and here's the thing. Everybody would totally understand it. Totally fucking understand it. But I get back into the NBA next week. Uh, the Joker, the Joker and uh, Joel Embiid are playing right now against each other. Uh, so yeah, but that would be next week, which brings me to football. Now, like I said, it's a lot of moves, a lot of things going up and down around the world with the football world. One thing that I will definitely say is I think they say we retired Tuesday, last Tuesday. So yeah, I talked about it already. Pete Carroll too. But before it was, I think I said last week, I didn't know what was going on with Bill Belichick and then he got relieved, he got relieved of his duties. Mention Mutually parted ways with the New England Patriots um, Wednesday, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But I'm I'm not shocked that uh, Bill Belichick uh, and the Patriots left, uh, ended their agreement, and him not being a head coach anymore. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by it at all. I think it would. It actually makes total sense 
for him to leave and go to another team. Now, there's been uh, reports already that he's already interviewed with Atlanta, uh, which moves into, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the other coaches that have been moved around, which brings me to playoff weekend, which just happened, which means a lot of things about to move around. And I'm going to talk about this right here, right now. A lot of craziness happened in the playoffs. A lot of craziness happened in the playoffs this weekend. Um, the only team I picked that didn't win is is Dallas. <laughs> Me and my brother Juan do our pick'em show, and I picked Dallas to at least win that game. I'm like, you got to at least win that fucking game. I expected them to lose to Detroit if they played Detroit. Obviously, you listen to I believe sports, the NFL postseason uh, preview show that I did. You would know I picked Detroit to get to the Super Bowl. And right now, it doesn't look like it's not going to happen because it looks like it's going to fucking happen. But that game Sunday was beautiful. Let me explain something, man. I, I the world rejoices when Dallas loses. I don't know what it is. Like I've never seen just as much as Dallas fans get to get to laugh and have fun and talk all the shit in the world when they win. When they lose, oh my God. Please, 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 to any Dallas fan, I'm telling you now, deactivate all of your social media. Cause this shit is never going to stop. At the end of the day, Dallas losing. And now people have this opportunity, this conversation in their heads. And I'm watching like for, first take this morning. And I'm watching first take this morning. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp was on there. And they're talking about if I was Dallas, if it's not Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh or you know, some big name coach to come and coach Dallas. I would keep Mike McCarthy, which brings me to the conversation I want to have is like, why the fuck would you keep Mike McCarthy? You clearly can't win with this dude. Not talk about regular season, because if that's what the fuck you want to win, you want to win 12, 13 games every regular season, then keep him. You're going to win. The problem is, it's not about the winning the games in the regular season. You want to win in a postseason. And what I saw Sunday, from the Dallas fucking Cowboys. That was a terrible fucking performance. You could slice it, dice it, however the fuck you want to call it. That was a terrible fucking performance. They looked like they didn't want to play. Like, it looked like they were terrified. And the fact of the matter is, Green Bay did exactly what Dallas do. Get the ball first, go down the field, score, and put your defense on the field with the opposition having to now play from a deficit. The fact of the matter is, Green Bay got the ball first, ran down a, went down the field, scored, and that immediately deflated the fucking team. I've never seen a team just completely just like, oh, shit, we can't win. We can't win. The fact of the matter is, Dak Prescott then throws a pick to Jameer Alexander, and we're sitting up here trying to question this shit. Mike McCarthy should be fired right now. Now, here's the problem with people. Everybody wants to run out here and scream. Go get Bill Belichick. Go get Jim Harbaugh. Dallas does not need a big-name coach. 
They need a coach that's going to not put up with Jerry Jones shit. And yeah, that might be the Bill Belichick's, that might be the Jim Harbaugh's, but that really is a coach that just will not put up with Jerry Jones shit. And that, to me right now, is where Dallas is going to fall. What do you do? I do not think Bill Belichick is going to Dallas. Not even in the slightest. I would be surprised. If he does, excuse me, if he does go, then great for Dallas. But I want you to understand something. You're still not winning. Still not winning. Yeah, your defense is going to be better. But you ain't winning. You ain't winning. Who's coaching your offense? Have y'all not seen New England in the last couple of years? Offensively? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But, cool. On the flip side of that coin, is the Eagles. Five and six. You went six and seven in your last. You went, you lost six of the last seven games you played in, and you got worse every fucking game that you played in. I'm, 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 I don't know how you not have a conversation about this dude. I was one of them like, nah, man, you gotta kind of gotta keep Nick Sirianni because he's he got you to three straight playoffs, got you to a Super Bowl last year. But it's 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 to the point now where it's like, did he lose the team? And if he lost the team, that's a different conversation. Jason Kelsey is officially retired, so, um. Man, it sucks to see that man career go out like that last night because he had tears in his eyes. He was just like, fuck. Like, come on, man. Like, this shit cannot be the end of my career like this. Kind of makes him think now, probably, he should have just probably retired last year. Like, bro, I should have just retired going to the Super Bowl. This is bullshit. My season ends in Tampa? What the fuck? My career ends in Tampa? What the fuck? There's more changes coming to that team. I think Brandon Graham is retiring. I think Fletcher Cox is going to retire. I think Landon Johnson stays for one more year, but then he's probably out the door. That's a lot of changes coming to Philly that people are probably ready to have. A.J. Brown probably is getting traded. Darius Slay, if he isn't seriously injured, like a hip or some shit, because the injury he got last night was kind of crazy and kind of looked really bad. But if he hasn't got like a hip or some shit, he's getting traded. I I, I don't uh, maybe I think he signed like a year deal. I don't think he stayed for. I think he signed like one more year deal, so he probably is a free agent anyway. So you could probably just let him walk. It's it's to the point now with Philly where you got a lot of changes coming to that that team, and I don't know if they're ready for it. I don't know if they're ready for it. Um. Also in football news, uh, Pete Carmichael is fired from the New Orleans Saints. Thank the Lord. Um, I don't know who's going to be our new offensive coordinator. I'm just happy he is. Um, I don't think Jan Gruden is going to be the new NFL coordinator, offensive coordinator because of uh, the legal um, problems that he's now having with the NFL. He's not going to be the, inf- the offensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. As long as he's in a lawsuit with the NFL, that shit ain't happening. Um, 
But I can definitely see them going hit up. God Almighty, I hope not Josh McDaniels. I, I don't want Josh McDaniels. Uh, I truly believe, man, you got to go get somebody from college. You got to go get a college-minded offensive coordinator. I, I really believe that. I really wanted them to go get Joe Brady, who's now the Buffalo Bills, you know, offensive coordinator. I really wanted them to go get Joe Brady. I really wanted to go get Joe Brady because I just was like, the shit that Buffalo is doing right now, I knew the Saints could do with him. But now that he's gone, I'm 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 more happier than anything. I was so happy when I saw that news. I'm like, finally, what the fuck? And he's gonna go to Denver with Sean Payton, and uh, yeah. But let's get into it. Like I said, NFL weekend, wild card weekend was crazy. They had six games in total, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, two on Monday. Um, the teams that have moved on is the Texans, who drummed the Cleveland Browns. I'm like, God damn, Cleveland. Like, did you even tr- – I'll talk about that in the next minute. I'll talk about that later. Uh the Kansas City Chiefs have surpassed. They are going past. They beat the Dolphins Saturday night um, in one of the funniest games I've ever seen. Not because of the game play, but because Taylor Swift was doing a swag surf in the crowd and probably was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> it was like the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, if I find that clip again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to say that shit and post it because that shit was extremely fucking funny. I'm like, this shit is... What the fuck? Like, what is this? Um, what else? What else? Uh, like I said, the Cowboys got absolutely drummed by the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. That was the first Sunday night, Sunday game. Detroit and the Rams had the best game, like I said last week. It was my game of the week, and it was my game of the week, and it is still my game of the week. Um, that was the best game I saw last week. Because it lived up to the hype. 24 to 23, Detroit. One at home, man. Detroit's going to the next round, man. Lions Pride, baby. Lions Pride. Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers last night, 31 to 17. And Mike Tomlin is another head coach that uh, is in a conversation of will he return? Will he not? Will he leave? Will he not? Um, what will happen with Pittsburgh? I don't know. I don't know about that one. And. Last night's game was, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the lovely shit <laughs> out of the Philadelphia Eagles. They beat the fuck out the Eagles. That shit was bad. 32-9. to nine. That was a terrible game. God, God almighty. So let's get into it. My big four of the NFL season. Um, well, before I get into the big four, I talked about the Eagles. I talked about the Cowboys. Uh, we'll talk about the Dolphins when I get into my levels of warning, so stay tuned for that. But the Browns, Steelers, Rams, um, Steelers, like I said, Mike Tomlin. I don't know if Mike Tomlin is, reti- is leaving. I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to want him to go. I don't know. Pittsburgh is in a very interesting transition, and this might be the case of you outfitting like like Bill Belichick a little bit where Bill Belichick um and I said this last week with Mike Tomlin I said I don't understand how Pittsburgh fans can literally sit up here every year and say 
with a winning situation, you win every fucking year, you could want this head coach gone every fucking year. I don't understand it. But I now feel like, and this is what I've always felt, though. Mike Town might have just outgrown Pittsburgh. I think it's just time for a change. I think uh, when it comes to quarterbacks and situations offensively, you have a running game. I think what Pittsburgh should have done, and this is really what I think Pittsburgh should have done this whole year, is just run the fucking ball. Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky. What Pittsburgh needs isn't another big bend. They don't need another big bend. What they need is a Cardell Stewart. They need their Tommy Maddox. They need one of them. They need a guy that can just come in, keep it calm, do enough to win. If you remember Cardell Stewart in Pittsburgh, y'all remember how fucking athletic he was, how good he was, how extremely, extremely um, incredible he was. Like, athletic-wise, like, that was one of the best athletic quarterbacks I had seen when I was a kid. Like, dude could fucking run everywhere. Like, like goddamn, get this nigga down. And it's kind of ironic because the nigga played, I think, off, like, wide receiver or some shit, running back wide receiver at one point. So he f- moved to, to quarterback position. So it was kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Um... Like I said, Tommy Maddox. People forget how, how Tommy Maddox really was. Tommy Maddox kept the Pittsburgh Steelers afloat. Yes. Did they go get Big Ben and make it even better? Yeah. But Tommy Maddox did enough to keep them, you know, a steady float. This is what I was telling my brother Juan yesterday. I can easily see Pittsburgh getting rid of Kenny Pickett, trade him, letting him go, and then maybe moving up in the draft. And I, I can definitely see them moving up in the draft they're probably in the top. They're in the twenties. I can definitely try to see them trading. You know, uh, uh, let's say a Chargers who don't need a quarterback, but they already got some weapons. Excuse me. Um, but the Chargers, I can see them trading the Chargers. Any team that don't really need a number one need a quarterback, I can never see Pittsburgh being in the conversation. The Jets, um, yeah, Arizona, but Arizona already has that quarterback. Chicago, the same. Maybe they try to get the number one pick from Chicago, or maybe even Justin Fields. You know, depending on what Chicago really does. So, but I can definitely see that happening. Um, to the point where, uh. Pittsburgh finds a way to get into the, the top 10 of the draft because they need to. They have to find a way to get into the top 10 of the draft to get a quarterback. Now, maybe, like I said, maybe they call Chicago up and say, do you want – are you giving up the number one pick or are you giving up um, – are you actually giving up uh, Justin Fields? If I was Pittsburgh, I would definitely, definitely see – with that, and there's a lot of teams I would I would say that would I would say that, uh, maybe not the Giants particularly, because even the Giants, I think the Giants should tra- definitely try to call and see if they can get Justin Fields or the number one pick. It's a lot of a lot a lot of teams I would sit here and say should definitely call to see if they can get the number one picks, but Pittsburgh is definitely one of them. Kenny Pickett is not the guy. Mr. Bisky is not the guy. And the problem with Pittsburgh's team is that Pittsburgh's team, yes, is predicated on defense. 
but they also need an offense. And the weapons that Pittsburgh have, the the George Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson, the two running backs that you have, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, the offensive line actually was pretty okay this season. Like, if I was Pittsburgh, if Mike Tomlin stays, I'm trading that fucking pick away. And I'm trying to get the number one pick. If not, be honest with you, I try to get Justin Fields. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I try to get Justin Fields. If I was Pittsburgh, I would get Justin Fields. Chicago, I don't know what you really want to do, but I know what I need to do. Give me Justin Fields. If I was Pittsburgh, I would do it. But, yeah. For the Rams, I don't know if Matthew Stafford comes back. This is something I also talked to my brother Juan about yesterday on our show. I don't know if Matthew Stafford comes back. Matthew Stafford has been taking a pounding the last couple of years. And that playoff game was a prime fucking example. The man hit his hand on a helmet, which earlier in the season, he dislocated his – I think he broke his thumb off of that. Like – and even in that game against Detroit, like, he was getting hit, man. Like, it was to the point where you thought the nigga had a concussion. Like, because he got hit. And as good as the Rams' offensive line was this season, it got better this season, Sean McVay is going to put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands. That's just the game plan. And I don't know if that's a good idea as we continue to move forward because as much as Matthew Stafford can, yes, he can throw the ball over the field. But like I said, as long as that offensive line is a little shaky here and there, and he gets hit, and he takes a lot of hits, that's not going to end well for the Rams. It's really fucking not. Um, who's that other team? Oh, the Browns. The Browns is another team. I would definitely look into seeing if you could reduce Deshaun Watson's contract and then I move off his ass. I would get rid of Deshaun Watson tomorrow. If we can figure out a way to reduce his contract, get, them, get that guarantee money kind of back from his ass, I would trade his ass tomorrow. You haven't played. We just went back to your old stumping ground. And this rookie looks better than you do. That's ridiculous. I would have traded his ass. I would figure out how to get it out of this contract. And then I would trade his ass. And maybe somebody won't want to take him. But somebody's going to at least look at it. Especially, like I said, if you could reduce his contract. Now, let's get into the big four. Y'all know how I do this. Uh, my four best teams coming into this this divisional round. Um, so let's get into it. And number one, they didn't play last week, but it don't matter because they played this week. And that is the 13-4 and four Baltimore Ravens. They will be hosting the Houston Texans. Like I said, last week, Baltimore did not play. Lamar Jackson hasn't played for now two weeks, I think. Yeah, because he didn't play in week 18. He didn't play last week, so two weeks. Um, Mark Andrews could be playing this weekend, if that is the case. Uh, listen, Houston played amazing against Cleveland at home, dominant. I don't think it's going to be an easy knockout from the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud is 
the most calm quarterback I've seen in years under pressure, went home and dominated the Cleveland Browns defense. Now, I do not expect the Baltimore Ravens to be the same as the Cleveland Browns, but Cleveland is actually a better defense than Houston, and they still found a way to beat them. With that being said, though, Cleveland only had, like, Desmond Ward and Miles Garrett you had to really worry about on that defense, like, talking about it. Whereas for Baltimore, you got, you know, Patrick Queen, uh, Roquan Smith, you know, Kyle Hamilton. You got you got some players on that defense that isn't just going to settle and let um, C.J. Stroud sit back there and just take take apart that secondary. They will go get them. Um, and with that being said, and especially if the weather is also bad in Baltimore, this is going to be a very muddy game where Houston is going to have to stop the run of Baltimore. But with that also being said, Baltimore can also be accessible to an upset. Because I've seen Baltimore play against a team like the Colts in the cold, in the rain earlier this year. And they let the fucking Colts beat them. So I'm not going to sit up here and say Baltimore is just unbeatable at home. I've seen them lose to the Colts at home. I've seen them lose to the Browns at home. I've seen them lose to some teams at home. So as good as Baltimore is, and I hope Lamar wins this game and goes to the AFC Championship game at home, that would be awesome. But this isn't going to be an easy-ass win. Which brings me to the number two team, the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud dominated that game. C.J. Stroud is the reason why I've been saying since the fucking beginning of the year, shit, even before then, when me and my brother Wine was doing our draft shows. I said, C.J. Stroud is my number, two, my number one quarterback off the board. I didn't want to put him in Carolina because I was like, who the fuck is he throwing the ball to? And now Houston is... In a divisional round, literally a year ago, they were the second pick. Could have been the first pick. Could have chose Bryce Young. And here's the thing. I don't think people understand. I don't think they take Bryce Young with the number one pick. I know he was projected to go number one, but I think Houston does their due diligence, and they sit and they talk to these kids, and they say, you know what? C.J. Stroud fits us better. I think C.J. Stroud would have still ended up in Houston. I, I, I just feel like he would have ended up in Houston. But that game against the Browns, man, that was the best game that a rookie. Like, I've, I've never seen a quarterback have full control over a situation like that. He dominated that game. I'm watching that game. I'm like, this fucking kid here, bro. Like, what the fuck? And this is nothing new. I've seen him last year in the, in the, in the college playoffs, and I know it's college. But the best defense in the, in the country, Georgia, who barely gave up points last year, the man scored 41 fucking points. And if his kicker actually would have made the extra point, they probably went into overtime and they'd probably beat Georgia. He's that dude, man. And I, like I said, going on the road, playing Baltimore, it's going to be damn near impossible. But if he could keep his composure, which he doesn't seem like that's a hard thing to do. And that team, something that people don't want to ever say, that team rallies behind him. That is a different type of energy. Like I said, when I saw week 16 compared to the playoff game, that's why I said I got Houston because he is a changer. He's a game fucking changer. The whole team of Houston rallies behind this kid. They're the number two team on this list. I don't know who's going to win Saturday, but I do know one thing. It's going to be bittersweet. 
I'm gonna be happy for whoever wins, and I'm gonna be pissed off for whoever loses. It's, especially if it's like L- Lamar Jackson, man. If he loses to this team, I don't know if he ever gets a fucking Super Bowl because this is the best chance he ever got to get to a Super Bowl. I I really feel that way. Number three is the Green Bay Packers coming in at nine and eight. Absolutely rocking the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. They go to Santa Clara to play the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I, I said last week when I did this, this show and I did, I believe, sports, the NFL pre, postseason preview show, I literally said, for Dallas, they better hope and pray that Green Bay doesn't run the ball control the clock and beat them because they are better than Green they, they, Green Bay can actually run the ball like I said Green Bay can run the ball they can control clock and they could just absolutely outplay Dallas if they have the lead and they have the time on their hands and I did not expect that game to go the way they went I was 100% by like the second pick the first pick that this, that Dak Prescott threw I'm like uh oh this ain't good. <laughs> like, uh oh, this ain't good. And then he threw, uh, and then and then it was like twenty to zero. I'm like, okay, Dallas could kind of like make a little bit of a run. And then he threw that shit to Savage. I was like, uh oh, I like this game over. This game over. You you can't. You, this game over. Even if Dallas scored, I was in the, and they got the ball in the second. Like this game is over. They can't stop the run of Green Bay. And now they're making you have to play. The run first, which is not Dallas strong suit, which is opening up the secondary. That is not good. Jordan Love, man, is another one I kept saying. Just give him time. Let him shine. Let him do what he needs to do. He's another one, man. His calmness also in a high-pressure situation. He's on the road. This isn't like C.J. Stroud at home against the Browns, and you kind of control it because you're at home. This is on the road in Dallas with all the pressure, again, on Dallas, and that's a key point. Going to Santa Clara, and I get into that, but going into Santa Clara against the 49ers, I know that the prediction is they're going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a massive blowout, and Matt LaFleur is not that great against the 49ers. His record, especially in the playoffs, is just not good. But anything can happen. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. Which brings me to the last team on this list, and that is number four. The Detroit Lions, 12-5, and five, and like I said, they beat the, the Los Angeles Rams 24-23 Sunday night to officially move on to the next round, their first playoff win in years. And not only is that their first playoff win, they are now officially hosting another playoff game, which they will be hosting last night's winner, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to be an interesting game. I, I truly believe that if I had to – if I had – to pick a game that I'm like, mm, I don't know about. Tampa Bay is finding confidence, man. Baker Mayfield has confidence. And when you got a confident quarterback like Baker Mayfield who's cocky too, anything could happen. I'm not going to – but the one thing about Tampa Bay is that they don't know how to run. They're not good at running the ball. Detroit's really good at stopping it. Which brings me to the second era of Detroit. These two teams played earlier this year in Tampa. 
completely different teams then to now. We shall see how this looks because they played in Tampa. This is going to be Detroit even rapid, even crazier, even more definite with the opportunity to go to the NFC Championship game, either to host it or to go to it in San Francisco. Yeah, good luck, Tampa. <laughs> good fucking luck, Tampa. Was ready to be to my eyes on football. Y'all already know I have picked I have four games that I have either my skeptical game of the week, most interesting game of the week, my upset game of the week, or the game of the week. So let's get into it. So my skeptical game skeptical game of the week is that Bucks and Lions game. That game is so interesting. Tampa Bay is 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 good. The one thing about Detroit is that secondary is fucking terrible. It is bad. But the thing about this Tampa Bay game that I do think can actually hurt Detroit. It's one thing about this Tampa Bay game that I do think can hurt Detroit is if, and I mean if, if Tampa Bay can keep Baker Mayfield upright. That secondary is susceptible to big plays. But unlike the Rams with Matthew Stafford that could make his arm do all these crazy-ass throws and shit, Baker Mayfield's not that. Baker Mayfield needs time. He needs an ability to get the hell out of the pocket. He needs a moment to, to, to be better. Like, he needs a lot of shit. And if the running game of Tampa Bay isn't working, if Detroit is stuffing up the running game, that forces Baker Mayfield to have to be of Thor of the ball in certain situations that he is not particularly good at. And like I've been saying, Aiden Hutchinson is a different type of level. And if he could get to the quarterback, if he could put the pressure on Baker Mayfield, he will. they will officially hurt the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But with that being said, Detroit can also fall susceptible to Tampa Bay's defense, which I have been on record for a long time. I said, if you get past the secondary, once you get past the front seven Tampa, you can easily beat them. One thing I learned about the Detroit game against the Rams is Jameer Gibbs is different. David Montgomery is different. And if you can run the ball and you can control the running and you can control the game, and I know a lot of people would sit up there and say, you know, Tampa Bay is better at run stopping than they are anything. But when you have a Dave Montgomery, you got Jameer Gibbs, they are off and they're doing what they need to do, which I got pissed off watching Detroit Sunday night. Excuse me. When they got into that second half. Because they didn't run the ball like they did in the first half. If they can constantly run the ball, eventually Tampa Bay is going to get tired. If it's Jameer Gibbs or Dave Montgomery, you got to keep running the ball, man. I know, I know, Jerry Goff, Jerry Goff. But you got to run the ball. And when you do have the chances to get the ball out of chance, Jamison Williams, Amarai St. Brown, Sam Laporta, you got guys. You just need to just continuously run the football. And if you do, as good as Tampa Bay is, they are susceptible to eventually just getting tired. And that is the thing. I think Detroit's good enough to beat Tampa, but I also believe Tampa could upset Detroit. This is why it's my skeptical game, because I don't know who can win this game. I expect Detroit to win, but I would not also be surprised if Tampa somehow away surprises Detroit. My most interesting game of the week. 
is the Chiefs versus the Bills. Why is this interesting to me? One reason is because I really want the Bills to win. I'm not even going to lie. I know I'm supposed to be unbiased, but I want the Bills to win. Only because I want to shut the f- I want Nick Wright of FS1 to shut the fuck up. Kansas City played against Miami. Miami literally had no linebackers. They brought in linebackers that whole week just to get fucking linebackers. Don't know what they're doing on defense because they don't know the defense they're going called. You have um, Xavier Howard out, who's their number one cornerback. Your best pass rushers out, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips because of torn ACLs. And then when you look at the offense of Miami, they just didn't have anything to do with the code. They didn't want nothing to do with the fucking code. At the end of the day, Kansas City put up 400 yards. That's amazing. I'm so happy for Kansas City. They only scored two touchdowns. Last night, Bills, Pittsburgh. Bills got banged up a little bit in that game. I'm not even going to look here and lie to anybody. They got fucked up in that game against Pittsburgh. But I will say this. The Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Bills? I think people are putting too much stock in Kansas City's defense. Now, I could be wrong, but I've seen defenses like this where this bend but don't break shit. Buffalo has the offense that could bend until a break. Josh Allen, James Cook, you got now Dawson Knox back, uh, Dalton Kincaid, Stephon Diggs. You got the weapons on Buffalo's uh, offense. And if they can control the clock and beat and make uh, Kansas City actually have to get out there and actually have to start throwing the ball over the field, where they eliminate Isaiah Pacheco, which is a massive thing that they need to keep doing. Kansas City needs Isaiah Pacheco to be the guy. Because if you actually watch that game, Travis Kelsey started dropping passes. And all they have is Rasheed Rice. That's it. Rasheed Rice is the only receiver Patrick Mahomes trusts. So if you know that, if you're Buffalo, I'm hitting his ass the moment he touched the ball. I'm fucking him up. I'm double-teaming his ass. Fuck Travis Kelsey. He catch, he catch. Okay, cool. But I'm fucking him up. Kansas City also still really can't protect Patrick Mahomes. If you watched Buffalo last night, they were getting to Mason Rudolph. Ed Oliver, Von Miller, Leonard Flo- Like, this is a team in Buffalo that has the team. They have the linebackers. They have the team. And this isn't going to be like an arrowhead. This is Buffalo. And Buffalo knows one thing. Last year, when you were in the divisional round, you played Cincinnati at home. The way Joe Burrow fucked you over in that game, you cannot allow Patrick Holmes to do to you. This might be Buffalo's only opportunity to get to the goddamn Super Bowl. So you better find a way to win this game. Because if not, you at home with us. Bring me to my upset game of the week. <laughs> and that is the Green Bay Packers versus the 49ers. Now, 
I 100% believe that that was not a fluke Sunday. Green Bay can actually go into San Francisco and beat the 49ers. The formula that Green Bay used against Dallas is the same formula you use against the 49ers. Nothing more, nothing less. I know, I know, I know. Well, Brandon, 49ers are more talented than Dallas is. Okay. Well, tell me one thing that makes you feel like Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott. I think people have lied to themselves about this kid and continuously lied to themselves. If Green Bay goes in with that same mentality that they did against Dallas, because here's the thing. Again, Green Bay is playing with house money. If Green Bay comes in with that mentality, yo, we're playing against these fucking dudes, and they have all the pressure. They need to win this game. They have no choice but to win this game. If they do not win this game, they're at home. If Green Bay goes into Dallas and knocked off Dallas like they did, you really don't think they can knock off San Francisco like they did? Get the fuck out of here. I don't have faith in Brock Purdy. Everybody else on San Francisco? Yeah. But as soon as this game gets fucking tight, or if they're down seven points, I do not expect Brock Purdy to win this game for them. San Francisco needs this game to stay as close as it can so Brock Purdy doesn't feel pressure. The moment he starts to feel pressure and have to go off script, we all know this. Kyle Shanahan diagnoses all these plays. But the moment shit goes left, just like Black Prescott, just like this game, the moment shit go left, abandon ship. The 49ers are not winning this game. <laughs> like, like, uh, like abandon ship. The 49ers are not winning this game. The moment it goes off script, Brock Purdy's actually got to go outside of the X's and O's, and he's got to actually make plays, they're not winning this game. And again, that I've always said, man, that offensive line of the 49ers is very shaky. Rashad Garrett can actually get his hands, get in the backfield and do his damage. If they get a Brock Purdy and force his ass to do more than what he does, oh, they're going to lose. Oh, they're going to lose. That is why I feel like this can be an upset. And it can be a major upset. I was ready to my game of the week. I talked about it earlier. And that is the Texans versus the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know who wins this game. I'm I'm going to be 100% honest. I have no clue who wins this game. I'm, I'm... I, I think, I think it's Baltimore. But again, if CJ Stroud, if the Texans defense can just keep it close, again, this is another thing. The Texans defense keep it close. They can win this game. The beauty of Baltimore is trying to blow you out, especially at home. If this name stays close, if CJ Stroud is not rattled, this is different. And here's the thing. The first time they played each other this year was week one. Nobody knew what Houston was. Nobody knew what CJ Stroud was. Nobody knew what Baltimore's offense was going to look like. None of this shit. But they kept that game close. It was like 24-9, to 9, I think it was, the final score. 
Houston can keep it close. If Houston keeps this close, they could be Baltimore. And that's the scariest thing. Because if they keep it close, they can be Baltimore. And then that is like, oh, shit. What the fuck is happening? I expect Baltimore to win. But I also know anything can happen. Bring me to my levels of warning. Three teams. Y'all already know how I do this. Yellow is caution. Orange, orange is panic time. Red is DOA. Let's get into it. Caution. Ending the season at 11 and 7. That is the Miami Dolphins. Like I said about the Kansas City game. Miami just literally went out there and was just like, let's wing it. Like, this game was so bad. It it, it, it looked terrible from the start. Tua threw a pick. It, it, the defense held up as much as they could. I mean, the, the game was close early, and then it just, it just, you could tell Miami just didn't have to have a chance in this game. Like, conservative as play calling, you started to run the ball, and I get it, you had to continue to run the ball, continue to run the ball, but Kansas City is also stopping your run, and yeah, they're making some weird, you know, plays here, and they're weird, weird, you know, defensive ways, but you gotta find a way to get Tariq Hill open, and get him the fucking ball, even if it's a pop-up, you gotta get him something. He touched the ball on one drive, the only touchdown drive that they had, just about two times. They scored a touchdown. Mike McDaniel is not getting fired. And Tua is not getting let go. But the problem that everybody's going to have going forward is that Tua is kind of falling into the category of a Dak Prescott. Everything, and I mean everything, could go right for you. And you still might lose because the quarterback might fuck up the game plan at some point. This is a bad situation in Miami. I don't know what you do. I don't think you get rid of Tua because he could still win you games. But at the same time, man, it's going to get to the point where it's going, you're going to have to ask the question is, what is more important, winning regular season games or winning in the damn playoffs? Miami's running into that situation. After losing... Last year is one thing. This year is a whole other conversation. Tua did not step up. They looked terrible offensively. The defense is banged up. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, you can't go out there and do that shit, man. That was that was hard to watch. Like, it was hard to watch. And like I said, I don't think, Miami's not going to get rid of Tua. But I would think about bringing in an actual backup, like an actual backup, a guy that can actually back up Tua, and if you see it in him, when he's about to fold, like laundry, you trade him, you you take him out of the game, which my brother Juan said something yesterday, and, and, and he said, you know, uh, Miami, this is why Brian Flores didn't want Tua, he knew he could fold under pressure. I don't think Tua ever would be the top guy. He would never be that quarterback. 
in September, October, he's going to have amazing MVP-like numbers. But the moment the game gets tight, he's not going to show up. It's the same shit I said about Dak Prescott. A couple weeks ago in Dallas, when they played Detroit, and the game was pressure, Dak Prescott did not play good. He did not have a great game. He did not do shit that you were like, oh, wow, he's great. The pressure was on. He folded like laundry. Same thing with Tua. The pressure is on in Buffalo. But the Buffalo game, you're at home. It's divisional. You need to win this game to have a home game. And the moment you played, you immediately felt the pressure and you gave up. Same thing Saturday. It was a bad game. And I don't think you get rid of Tua. But it's now a conversation that you probably do need to look into. Maybe getting a real backup quarterback. Just in case Tua falls under pressure. Because now it seems more likely that he will. This goes into the orange. Panic time. Net is the Eagles. The Eagles at 11-7 in and out of the season. Like I said earlier, Nick Cerrone probably should be looked at as, as a, a head coach to get to get fired. Um, last night was terrible. This team might have quit on you. This team might have gave up. Um, like I said, Philly's got way more questions than answers at this time. Fletcher Cox could be gone. Brandon Graham is probably going to leave. He's going to probably retire. Landon Johnson probably stays another year. Jason Kelsey's already done. He's already said he's retiring. A.J. Brown is probably going to, you know, hit the trading block at some point during the offseason. He's going to probably ask for a trade. You have more questions than fucking answers. And, and, and the problem with Philly right now is that I don't know if you're going to be able to – you're going to probably fix him. You're not like Dallas, where Dallas is so stuck in their ways. Philly knows, yo, we got a winning team. But the situation that we have is not a winning situation. So we might have to move on from some shit to get better. And if that is the case, I can definitely see Philly doing that. They paid a lot of people a lot of money this last offseason to keep them. Nothing's wrong with DeAndre Swift. Devontae Smith's there. You probably trade A.J. Brown. And this is another thing. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts are supposed to be tight as a son of a bitch. But they kept bumping heads. I don't know what the problem is. Jalen Hurts has been more injured than healthy this season. And now you start to ask the question of what the hell is the Eagles right now? And I don't know. I wish I did, but I don't know. Do you fight Nick Sirianni? I, I, I don't know. But do you trust him to bring in the right offensive coordinator? The right defensive coordinator. That's the problem. And if he can't do that, I don't know if you fire him this year, but you damn sure fire him next year. Because if the Eagles have the same season they had this year, or even worse, he's got to go. He's got to go. Bring me the DOA. And that is... The 12-6 Cowboys. Like I said, Cowboys took a drumming 
um, Sunday. His name. The game was already over. When it was 48 to 16, the game was over. I know, I know. They scored two touchdowns that meant absolutely fucking nothing. The problem with Dallas is, unlike Philly, Philly, like I said, is not stuck in their ways. They're not going to sit there and say, we ain't going to take this shit. We're going to move some shit around. We're going to get through We're going to do some things here and there. We're going to make things happen for us to get better. Dallas is stuck in their fucking ways. And it's not just da- It's not Dallas. It's Jerry Jones. Like I said, I don't see him going to get Jim Harbaugh. I don't see him going to get Bill Belichick because then you will have to immediately have to admit to yourself. The way I have been trying to make this team for the last 30 fucking years it's just not working. You've always wanted, you want um, acknowledgement for the Super Bowl teams that you had. But you didn't create them teams, man. The fact of the matter is, Dallas has been the same team. And I mean the same team. Dallas has been the same team since I was a kid. One reliable running back, Emmitt Smith. Mike Irvin, one receiver. One quarterback, Troy Aikman. A reliable defense, but not a great defense. And an okay to decent, sometimes good, offensive line. Every damn year. This is Dallas. Every single fucking year. It's Dallas. You just replaced Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Irvin, and Emmett Smith with with what? Uh Drew Bledsoe and uh and, uh Roy Williams and 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 and, and uh Julio Julian jo- Julio jo- Julio Jones, and then you replace that with Tony Romo, T.O., Jason Witten, and Mario Barber, and Mario Barber, and then eventually you replace that with Daz Bryant and D'Amico Murray, and D'Amico Murray, and you stay at Jason Witten. And then you replace that with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and CeeDee Lamb. It's the same fucking team. One running back, one quarterback, one receiver. He's living in the fucking 90s. Like, that shit's going to continuously work. You need to go get a true number two. If CeeDee Lamb is your one, you need a number two. If you're gonna keep it this way, stop paying cornerbacks just to throw, just to get picks. That's not gonna work. You need an actual cornerback, a guy that isn't just about trying to make pick sixes every game. You need an actual fucking cornerback, a guy that can actually cover, a guy that can actually play zone, man. 
press. You need a cornerback. You don't need somebody that can just pick the ball off and run it back for a touchdown. You need actual run stoppers. You need actual passing linebackers, pass blocking linebackers. You need a lot of shit. This isn't just a a coaching situation. This is a cultural situation in Dallas. There is nothing Jerry Jones can do to fix the culture. Because it's his culture. It is his culture. What he has replaced Jerry J- Jimmy Johnson in the 90s and kept the fucking culture that he created. One running back, one receiver, one quarterback, a half-decent defense, and an okay offensive line. Let's go. This is the reason why Mike McCarthy should get fired. You got rid of, he got rid of your guy, your next guy, Kellen Moore. That was supposed to be your guy. You're training to be the next head coach. He knows that. And then he tells you to get rid of him. Why? Because he doesn't want to run a ball. He comes out this year and they run less than he did the previous year. You're going to win games. That's not the problem here. You're never going to win a Super Bowl. That's the problem. Until Jerry Jones 100% gives up power of being general manager and president, and he finally says, okay, okay, I fucked up. I should have just left shit as it was. Jerry, Jimmy Johnson made this team. I fucked up. I wanted credit, and clearly the credit did not want me. He's never going to win a Super Bowl if he continues to go down this route. And for Dallas fans, I'm speaking from a, a real or real fan perspective. It's hard to see your team every year. They hype you up. You watch them good, good. You watch them every year win 12 games. They get into the playoffs, and then they completely shit the fucking bed every year. This was the worst I've seen them play in the playoffs. And trust me, I've seen pretty bullshit games from Dallas in the playoffs. But this was the worst. The defense didn't show up. The offense didn't show up. Your head coach coach looked completely and utterly outmatched, outgameplanned, outstrategized. He literally looked like, like he had just gotten to the NFL five, six years ago. And not a Super Bowl winning head coach. That coach, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He literally looked completely outcoached. It ain't just him. Dan Quinn as well. People continuously ask, who's the blame? Is it Dan Quinn? Is it Mike McCarthy? Is it Dak Prescott? Is every fucking body. Jerry Jones, every fucking body, because it's the Dallas culture. They all deserve blame. They all deserve blame. Anybody that sits up here and tells you that one side of the ball deserves more blame than that. No, every fucking body deserves blame. It's funny that Jerry Jones would go in the locker room and tell everybody, this ain't Dallas. We need to win. Motherfucker, we're never going to win because you don't want to live. 
You don't want to let up the reins of the team. You want to reign, but then you don't want to give up the power to get the reign. It's culture, man. Dallas is going to always be in this shitty-ass situation at their end. Every fucking year. And it's going to be funny every fucking year because I love the hype. But I want y'all to understand something. Next year, you play nothing but the best teams in every division next year. You won a division. So that means you're playing who won a division? Kansas City? Who else you playing? Uh, San Francisco again? You're playing who else? Uh, Tampa? You're playing the NFC South regardless, but you're playing Tampa? Who else you playing? Uh, Detroit? Yeah. You're probably playing, what, Baltimore? Yo, you play, like, Buffalo? Like, you got some teams on your schedule next year. That week schedule shit that you got earlier this year, that shit going next year. I expect you to probably win against the NFC South, depending on what the fuck the NFC South looks like. And for me, I don't think Dallas is going to have the same year they had this year. They're going to come back to the memes. Nine and eight. Eight and nine. Maybe seven and ten. Maybe ten and seven. But they ain't getting 12. Is why I feel like Mike McCarthy needs to go. Because whatever the fuck you did this year, you played against a lot of bullshit teams. Imagine playing Detroit. Imagine playing San Francisco. Like, imagine this shit. And then you have to play the top number ones from, like, the AFC, too. Good fucking luck. Good fucking luck. But that is I Believe Sports. Hope you guys enjoyed this. See you guys soon. See y'all next week. Peace.